Adelix 2.2. The master said, although the songs are several hundred in number, they can, they can be covered with this one phrase, go vigorously without swerving. I have a different translation here. It might make a little better sense. Um, the, the phrase that is translated here becomes, oh, they will not lead you astray. And the particular line that this comes from is from song number 297. So the songs are the um, songs from the Book of Songs or the Book of Odes or the Odes. This again is a classic from Chinese literature, uh, from Chinese literature. And there are many of these poems and Confucius likes to look at this um, as containing some something from the human heart that can be related to Ren or to the Tao. It's not a moral instruction manual, but it helps us think about our humanity and some very human situations, such as what it's like to miss your um, loved one, uh, whether this is your husband or wife, or you know, even before you get married, of course, human beings, even back then, uh, they met each other, um, they became attached, and uh, they sought to be married one day. Um, and sometimes that could or couldn't happen. Maybe, you know, one of the men, uh, maybe the man dies in a war. Maybe the woman um, dies from illness. There are, po there are poems about the oppression that the common people feel as the common, you know, as being just an ordinary person, maybe, um, you know, the son of a farmer um, and feeling the weight of bad government. So the feelings that, the, that are expressed in these songs or these poems, you can say, are very fundamental to the human experience and we experience them today as well. And even though you might not yourself um, be in a country involved in war, um, this might this is something that happens often, regardless of whether we have modern technology or not. So there are a lot of stories where the the husband is off. Um, fighting in a war somewhere and the wife is at home longing for her husband. So we have this idea that um, the odes will not lead you astray or you know you can go vigorously without swerving off of the path. 
And the path, of course, is the Tao. The Tao literally means way, and it's a metaphor. So the Confucian way or the Confucian Tao is a way to travel throughout life. It's a path. Now, if you look at Ode 297, the original, uh, the context there is where, is that the, uh, the speaker is talking about these war horses and part of being a war horse, what you need a war horse to be is for it to take direction and not swore from the main path. So they're very powerful. They pull chariots um, often. And of course, the most important thing that they need to be is to be disciplined. In other words, they're going on the correct path that you have set out for them. And so this idea that you're not going to be led astray by the songs is very interesting because human beings, as human beings, um, we can lose touch with our uh, our humanity. We can lose touch with what um, human, the essence of what being human is. And this is true for any any kind of creature that is domesticated. If you are, uh, if you're looking at a a horse. Excuse me, if you're looking at a, a dog um, or if you're looking at a cat, uh, some of these are domesticated animals and they start to kind of lose their essential nature. Um, so sometimes cats, you know, cats typically like to hunt. Sometimes you'll find a cat that doesn't even know how to use his claws. Uh, I once saw a neighborhood cat and um, you know, it would come by from time to time and uh, it wouldn't even really be able to um, kill a centipede. So that's that's kind of interesting. And um, of course, with some dogs, they do things like get very picky about their food. Um, and, and so this is something that happens a lot with uh, human beings as well, is that we lose our essential human nature. We get caught up in things that really are kind of strange if you really think about it. Some of them have to do with technology, like sometimes you see these people, these young men, all they do is play video games. Um, and, you know, they're very quick with their fingers and they've got this sort of hand-eye coordination or finger-eye coordination uh, very well put down. But... You look at them, they're pretty unhealthy in various kinds of ways. Um, and uh, they're not people that one would look up to or envy. And these are people who lose touch uh, with their essential humanity. Um, back then, you know, you also have people um, who also can do that, they lose touched with their humanity, they get wrapped up in the accumulation of money, um, or they get way too wrapped up in the um, obtaining a, a title or um, securing status. So human beings are very capable of being trapped or even fixated on 
things or perspectives that lose connection with their overall humanity. So if you read the odes, you get to go back to this sort of original nature before the advent of complex civilization with all its wealth, with all its technology, with all its complicated social relations. You go back to what is more essentially important to human beings, relationships with parents, relationships with children, relationships to spouses, um, the relationship of a human being to nature. So what happens is that you see these things with the odes. And if you do read the odes, the Book of Songs, you want to take your time with it because these are not intellectually complex. They're just expressing something that you know is genuine. So you want to read maybe just one poem that day. You don't want to go through 10 or 20 of these as if you're reading about the history of environmental science or the history of plastics or something. Um, you want to take your time through it. And it's actually the same thing with the analogs. You don't want to read too much all at the same time. You want to savor it. You want to enjoy it. You want to contemplate on it. You want to breathe a sigh if your heart is stirred by the reading of the poem. One last thing for thinking about the odes, um, there are some literature that do, um, it's not, I wouldn't say that literature has to be like the odes where it's bringing you back to something simplistic but essential. There's of course a lot of interesting literature that doesn't do that um, and it's very much worth reading. Um, but we can end up um, being led a little bit astray from our essential humanity. I want to take the time to talk about one famous piece of literature, uh, literary accomplishment, and this is Shakespeare, Hamlet. And in Hamlet, it's pretty interesting because in, in a sense, Hamlet is disconnected from his essential human nature. Um, if you look at the story overall, and of course, um, I guess I'm going to give a little spoiler alert here, but you probably, if you haven't read Hamlet by now, um, you probably, you probably weren't going to read it anyway. Uh, but it is an interesting story because the main character, um, uh, he, he basically, he's supposed to go on this revenge story. That's what Hamlet is. It's supposed to be a revenge story. His uncle uh, is, re is revealed to him through the ghost of his own father. His uncle has poisoned Hamlet's father and thereby taken the throne and also is now married to his sister-in-law, in other words, Hamlet's mother. And this is just despicable to Hamlet. So you think at this point, he pull out his sword and go at it. But this doesn't happen. Hamlet is just stuck in all these sorts of larger questions about can he trust a ghost? Uh, 
when should he go ahead and do this? What is life about? He even starts to go into that direction. That's why you have this famous to be or not to be. I'm not a Shakespearean scholar. I just enjoy the story to the degree that I am able to. So I probably don't have this 100% correct, but I just want to bring out Hamlet because uh, a story like Hamlet is very interesting and uh, certainly a recommendable experience. But it also stands as a piece of literature that goes very much, in a sense, uh, opposite to the songs, which are more straightforward, more directly essential regarding the human heart and the human spirit. So if you do read the odes, this keeps you um, connected to what is important in life and the essence of the human spirit and the essence of the human heart. And that's why I believe that Confucius says, um, even though you have these hundreds and hundreds of odes, you can think of them as all keeping you, allowing you to go vigorously without swerving off of the, the Tao. And if you notice, the people who espouse and try to live philosophies or or Tao's with a little d, in other words, you know, this is their own personal way or um, put frankly, a, a, a Tao that is not correct, that is not the truth. If you look at people who go off into a direction that doesn't really make sense, uh, oftentimes it is because they actually lose touch with their raw inner humanity. Not humanity in the sense of Ren, because that's more of an accomplishment, but humanity in the sense of this is what you just naturally want. You naturally want to be able to find a spouse and have children. This is what is natural to you. You naturally want to have good relationships with your father and mother, uh, regardless of whether they are wonderful people or difficult people, or there's been some trauma between uh, father and son or mother and daughter in the past. We just naturally want these things. And so when you see these these deviant ways, these deviant Tao's, uh, they really do lose touch of the essentials of the human heart and the human spirit. So uh, let me give you a few examples. If you look at um, if you look at feminism, where they go off the path is when they start to deny things like marriage, deny things like family, because that's essential to the human heart, it's essential to the human spirit. We do want, ultimately, to find somebody to have children with. Of course, another Tao or um, life philosophy that is similar to this um, disregard for the family would actually be monastic Buddhism, where uh, people, especially certain kinds of uh, kinds of Buddhism, such as Zen, Zen tends to be a little, uh, tends to be a more philosophically pure in the pursuit of Buddhist thinking. Um, if you want to put it more nicely, 
or you can say it's more radical uh, for Buddhism if you want to put it slightly uh, maybe more negatively but you can also criticize that kind of uh, Tao because you're advocating a way of life that doesn't evolve again family with regards to spouse and children so if you keep to your essential humanity and you understand what is ultimately most important to to the human heart the odes are good at doing such a thing and if you stay to this then you can avoid swerving off too much off of the Confucian way off of this path of noble humanity